1: Adjacent?
3: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
2: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
3: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L
4: Network.
1: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
4: Do you want to hear why we had to send out the bat signal, Lawrence, to have you on? Sure, yeah, what's up with Mm -hmm. that? I'll try not to give you the longest version of this story. I'll try to give you like a like a you know, a medium version of this story. But I do appreciate that you guys know that I have absolutely nothing going on. So I'm always available. <laughs> that is not the reason. <laughs> we have Tony back for the first time from his honeymoon and, and I need someone who is, you know, uniquely qualified to question him about traveling to Puerto Rico and about oh. his two weeks of being married. But uh, so that's why I called you. But we were trying to tape this show a day early because of various travel schedules. So we usually tape on Wednesday nights. I was in Massachusetts for the Bears game Monday night, flying back Tuesday. Russ was flying out for the World Series in Houston Wednesday night. And so we said, hey, can we can we do it a day early that week? Can we do it on Tuesday? And we check with everybody. And everyone's kind of got to, like, try really hard to make that work. It's no none of the three of us. We're going to have an easy time making that work but we had it we're like okay we can do it it's kind of a tight window we can do it so we're all set until we start getting texts from tony that says i'm going to be 15 minutes late and then you just kind of wait for the next one to come that eventually said i'm gonna be 30 minutes late then it was i'm going to be 50 minutes late then it was like hey i'm logging in and then five minutes go by and we don't see him And we call his phone and he doesn't answer. Like, it doesn't take someone five minutes to log on. Meanwhile, like, as he's delaying, 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 Russ and I are sitting here ready to go. And Russ and I are like, okay, we're losing time now. Like, our window's shrinking because people got to be out of here by a certain time for other commitments. Uh, Why don't we do a couple segments of stuff we know we want to talk about? We'll do it without him, we'll do just me and Russ. We're totally capable of doing that and we and we did great segments that uh, it turns out nobody will ever hear because as we after we finished our second one and we're like Tony's delaying us again he's delayed delay delay let's do another one um right as we're about to start that I look up on the screen and I say just like this I say Russ we've not been recording at all this entire time <laughs> Come on. And I'm like biting my lip and clenching my fists. Like we've just done two segments that um don't exist. This is not a great commercial for House of L Inc. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's right not. Now. It's not. And it's a scary <laughs> thing for me to think of being in charge of this and thinking that something as simple as hitting the record button uh-huh. didn't happen. Didn't happen because Tony wasn't here. Like, do we rely on Tony to make sure everything technical goes right? And so it's like, if the entire operation is balanced on having Tony here, it, that was very sobering for me as well. So eventually we get to a point where it's like, okay, all three of us are here and we got about 28 minutes to do a show. It's not going to happen. And we finally just had to like concede that this isn't going to happen. And, for me, this is at the end of a day where it's like I'd been up till 3 in the morning the night before, was on an early flight back from Boston, got to O'Hare, drove up to Hellas Hall, got did all my suntime's work, and had barely had enough time to prep for the show and have everything ready to go and be sitting down at the time, we said. Uh, and so I was trying very hard to make this happen, and it just couldn't happen. So we're like, now what do we do? Russ is going to be not available till like midnight the next day. It's like because of travel, it's like we gotta we gotta put up the bat signal, we gotta go get Lawrence.
1: Well, I'm I'm happy that you guys would trust me enough to to jump into the podcast and try to do my best to help out. Yes. Did you have to cancel plans to make this work? No, I didn't have to cancel okay. any plans, I just couldn't make any plans.
4: So okay, all right. So you cancel we can't we made you cancel hypothetical plans that could have happened.
1: Because like as soon as I saw five thirty, I was like, Yeah, that's six o'clock.
4: Well, this is what I need to understand, Tony, because we got a lot of explanations from you, and this was not the first time it happened, and then it happened again today, Mm -hmm. where you said that you'd be here at a time, and then we get a text that says, no, it's actually going to be this time, and then in reality, it ends up actually being this time, and here's what I need to know, okay, things happen that make a person be late, and I always take you at your word, like, we've been very good friends for several years now. And so I, I take you all the time as being honest. I have no reason to think otherwise. Mm -hmm. What I got to understand is like, are you, are you delaying? Are you stringing us along? Like, do you know from the beginning that you're not going to make that time? And then you're just like, yeah, I'm in traffic. Yeah. I'm on my way. Yeah. Just around the corner. Yeah. Just about to park, just about to log on. Like Mm -hmm. just, just level with me about which is what's happening. Is it that or are you a person that just doesn't actually understand the concept of time? And I don't say that to be insulting because some people are like that. I Mm -hmm. operate on actual time. Mm -hmm. So I and I have no problem doing that. I know pretty much how long something takes or when I'm going to be somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of issues where I just totally miscalculate the amount of time I have. But Mm -hmm. my wife does. My wife all the time does my or she doesn't know after the fact how long she spent on something. She'll be like, I'll ask her, how long do you think that took you? And she'll say 20 minutes. I'm like, no, that was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So are, are you a person that like, I'm a creative man. I don't live by time. Or are you like stringing us along all along, knowing you're not going to make the time you gave us?
3: No, at the set time of scheduling, it was open. <laughs> um,
1: why are you talking yeah. like a lawyer already? Yeah. Why does it feel <laughs> like we're in a
4: congressional <laughs> yeah. hearing? That, that is That is an immediate red flag. At the said time, at the said time <laughs> of the scheduled appointment, read upon appointment
1: that we mm-hmm. had as mm-hmm. a group confirmed. Why are you talking like a lawyer? Tony,
4: <laughs> Tony, it's <laughs> a simple question. Do you understand time? Yes. Do you do? You, can, are you a person that functions along an actual clock? Like that? Mm-hmm. you look at your phone, you see what time it is. Mm-hmm. It's the same time for me as it is for you. Mm-hmm. Like, is that you or are you a person that doesn't really grasp time?
1: The ubiquitous melancholy of the situation.
4: <laughs> therefore, to,
3: therefore, Johnny, Johnny Cochran and, and Tiu. Right.
1: Therefore, made me truant.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, again, at the at the said time, it was correct. But things happened throughout the day that I am not in control of. I know. Um. So I'll probably I'll probably do that later. But uh, today was due to who, for some reason, has the oldest phone known to man and he cannot connect to any updated technology because he has said old phone and refuses to change, which I respect. But also, you know, come on, dude. Um, So that That delayed significantly, 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 because, uh, you know.
1: Well, here's what it is, Jason. Tony, the producer, hates this because he can't get the, the audio that he wanted or the video that he wanted from Tony, the person, loves it because he's that person. Why should I change? You change instead. So he respects it, probably has a flip phone, And and, Mm -hmm. or a rotary phone or whatever it is he's doing out in the mountains that that makes it difficult for you to get in touch with him and for him to have audio that's worthy of being put on a major platform.
3: Yes, therein lies my conundrum
4: uh, as a human being and as a, a producer. Okay, but that only you're only explaining part of the issue here. Like that part makes sense from the standpoint of you said you'd be here at five thirty, mm-hmm. and then you sent us a text at like five o'clock. So with some warning mm-hmm. this time, saying hey, it's going to be five forty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you don't log on till like six.
1: It was yeah, it was five fifty-five. So, like that's the like
4: that's the part. Yeah, okay, <laughs> no, okay, don't. Mm-hmm. Like why are you like why why is the did you misestimate or like what what part leads to. Me and Lawrence sitting here at five forty-five, thinking you're going to be here, and then waiting ten more minutes. I didn't think you were. And you're not. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence knew
3: better, yeah. Well, I mean that—that's—that's that's it. We were. Oh, but
4: that part's yeah. not
3: fault. No, no, no. I mean, if if the interview was supposed to start at four o'clock, it's supposed to be a twenty-minute interview. If it's pushed back another twenty-five minutes, therein lies my travel time to be on time.
4: Ate it up. So, I I mean, what your text says, I'm leaving the studio now. I'll Mm -hmm. be ready at five forty five. We don't see you till five fifty five. That's the part. There's the gap. You see, he he did give us the 10 minute warning, though, because I
1: Tony, here's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Jason wants to know if you're gaslighting us or not. And the thing is, is that mm-hmm. if he were gaslighting us, he would tell us that he wasn't gaslighting us. So I'm yeah, not sure right. if it's even worth asking him mm-hmm. the question: Is he gaslighting
4: us? That's all. I'm trying to figure out: Is this is this just innocent? Is it just Tony heading the clouds, creative type, or is this Tony being like, "All right, I gotta delay, I gotta just feed these guys whatever. I gotta tell them I'm on my way. I gotta tell them I'm <laughs> parking the car. I gotta tell them I'm logging on right now, even though I'm not." Like, which is it? He
1: knows that we're two people that absolutely love him. So he knows that there is a level of of that which will be like, okay, like we'll just understand. Yeah, that's Tony. Oh well. Uh, crazy Tony. Uh, there he is. Okay. Can't be, can't be <laughs> yeah. on time. Crazy Tony.
4: Our, I, our investigation has gotten us nowhere. He's given us no concrete answers at any point. Well, so
1: hasn't he has, has any, though? Hasn't he?
4: He's just left us to figure this out ourselves, as usual. Welcome to Sports, Jason. I'm Jason Leisure. I've got uh, as a co-host today a special treat for you guys, Lawrence Holmes in for Russ. Russ is out covering the World Series. He is in Houston, and uh, well, if you were listening to our little pre-show meeting there, you you know all the details on that. But Lawrence, very happy to have you back. It's been a while.
1: Oh, I love you guys, man. So this is a lot of fun. Like this is, I look forward to this. Like I, and, and the thing is that I've. I'm finding this balance in podcasting where I make an ask of someone and it is immediately like paid forward to someone asking me something. So I I feel like I have to keep the cosmic balance. So I asked Dominique Foxworth to Mm -hmm. be on House of L and he jumped through a lot of hoops to do it for me. And I truly appreciate it. And the episode is fire. So check it out after you're done listening to this episode of Sports Adjacent. But I knew like as soon as I finished it, like literally I finished the interview and I got the text from you. And I was like, see, (laughs) this is this is the universe balancing itself out.
4: Well, the reason I specifically wanted you and you were the only person that I asked to do this uh, to fill in on short notice is because we got Tony Gill back. Tony Gill producing the show today for the first time since Mm -hmm. getting married. And I think everybody wants there to be a a quality, a strong journalistic look into to Mr. Tony Gill, married man of two weeks. And I'm not sure who else could have done it besides if Russ wasn't going to be here. I think it had to be you. There, there could have been other
1: people. I mean, look, the, Tony's wedding had a bunch of good journalists although the the scheduling would not have worked Layla would have been totally fine at being one of the 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 hosts of this podcast but she's working so that's out you could have gone with Brendan McCaffrey he would have done a good job I because he's hilarious anyway but there's there's a ton of people that you could have gone with just from that room alone I mean everyone came out to go see young Tony Gill get married I feel like you're telling me right now that you wish I would have done that I mean, I probably should have okay. been the last resort, but it's totally okay. fine. It's fine. Right. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't doing nothing. Like last night, had you asked me to do it, I wouldn't have been able to because I went to go see Black Adam. Okay. But tonight I'm not doing anything. So, at least, I mean, I definitely wasn't after you guys asked
4: me because. All right. You know, my time is not valuable. Right. Uh, uh, everything you've said so far is conveyed. I'm thrilled to be here today. Nothing says I'm happy to be here. Like, shouldn't you have asked these other 10 people first?
1: I'm just saying that there were other people in the room that would have been up to the task of of being able to share in the joy of Tony and Stephanie's nuptials. But I am qualified to be on this show because along with being at the wedding, I've also been to Puerto Rico.
4: Oh, okay, good. I have not. And so I'm sure you'll have a lot of good questions on that. Tony went on his honeymoon to Puerto Rico, by the way. Uh, we're going to get more into that and uh, we're going to, I'd like to hear what you thought of Black Adam, actually. And uh, we'll talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers we'll get into a few other things once we get going here. But uh, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com S-A and you'll get $230 off their new mattress a uh, eucalyptus mattress designed for perfect firmness and comfort, keeps you cool, uh, sustainable. A lot of good things about this mat this mattress. And $230 off is a pretty good discount. Uh, I don't know anywhere else you're going where they're giving you a $230 off discount like that. And you don't even need a promo code. Just go to SheetsGiggles.com slash SA. Sports adjacent is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get our great offer. Uh, use our promo code ADJACENT200, and if you bet $10 on any NFL game, you win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in that game. Just use our promo code ADJACENT200. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks. Tony, welcome back. Thank you. Appreciate I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, should we start with Puerto Rico. The fact that you went to Puerto Rico is amazing to all of us because as to our knowledge the list of places you'd gone previously is here Atlanta and Orlando and we had some debate about whether you'd actually been to Milwaukee and hate or if you just or whether, Milwaukee or whether you just hate on Milwaukee from afar and have never actually set foot there No, I've but, been to Milwaukee multiple times. Okay, multiple times. Sure. Okay. Every time. Good. That's what it says on their water tower actually. Milwaukee still <laughs> whack. Still whack. Right. Uh, So how did you navigate Puerto Rico? Almost like going to another country. Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that, Tony, realize that Jason and I
1: legit had a dinner Mm -hmm. where we were trying to figure out where
4: we should suggest that you go for your honeymoon. When you say that, he's going to see in his mind, he's imagining that that's the whole reason we had dinner. No. Was to have this conversation. This was part of a... This was a, an offshoot of, but Tony thinks we got together to have dinner to talk about his life. And that was the only reason. But we, but we did spend
1: some significant time talking about it because we were trying to figure out where you would be most comfortable. And for someone who hasn't done a lot of traveling, like what, what would it look like and be like for you to be
4: out in these streets? Most comfortable is a nice way of putting it. It was really more like, what could he handle? (laughs) Yeah. So so let, let me throw which, let, which was a conversation, not unlike Lawrence, if we were having a uh, if we were trying to figure out what place could we send an Amish person on vacation. Right. So let's throw some some places at you and see if
1: if our feelings on them were right. OK, mm-hmm. so one of the places that I was like, well, it'd be easy, but will it be sensory overload <laughs> was was Miami. Mm-hmm. That was on the list. It was okay. It was Miami on Miami was on the list. So so my whole thing was if you were in Miami City proper, it would have been okay. But I started thinking about you on South Beach, and I'm like, I don't know if Tony's gonna like that. Because there's a there's a lot going on, and there's a oh, lot yeah. that you have to be
4: aware of. And you'll hear more languages there than you probably will in Puerto Rico.
3: Yeah definitely like we on the way back we stopped in miami and i'm like puerto rico is more a little bit more americanized than here and this is like the mainland and like i mean don't don't get me wrong puerto rico has a lot of culture and uh, we tried to get as much of it as possible uh but yeah also miami airport worst airport in the history
4: of airports the worst tough i don't know about worst uh but it is tough it's certainly much harder than flying in and out of fort lauderdale uh i mean signs that just direct you everywhere (laughs) like (laughs) he see now that sounds like something tony would say at any airport but he's actually right on this one lawrence i think you would do better in the miami airport not knowing english than being a native (laughs) english speaker like Good luck asking anyone for help there. Like, you better really know the airport in Miami.
3: I had to ask multiple people. Like, we had to ask multiple people, where's this? Where's this? Like, I had to go through security twice. Like, it would, I had no idea who made that layout. They did an awful job. They should be fired.
1: It's not one of my favorite airports to try and navigate. That is for sure. The city, though, is, is interesting in South Beach is, uh, it's one of those places where I'm like, if you give me three days, I'll get all the South Beach that I'll need for a couple years, and I'm I'm like I'm not a big drinker, I don't really party, I do like a bunch of restaurants over there, mm-hmm. I I do like walking Ocean Drive because mm-hmm. it's so interesting and filled with so many people from around the world, so Miami was on the list other places that we thought about uh i i was thinking because of the time of year i was wondering if phoenix made it onto your list
3: hmm. <sighs> phoenix i don't
1: think was on the list well, we really we weather. really the weather's but, perfect there this time of right. year right we
3: we were really looking for weather and activities like weather water and activities were like the main three things so puerto rico and miami those were our our limited options but we knew it would have to be like coastal type situation because i don't have a passport
1: yet so phoenix and and las vegas are out he's never gonna
4: go to vegas he will never set foot in vegas his entire life lawrence i'll go to vegas yeah, right. You think of places that Tony wouldn't be able to handle. That's top of the list. That and, like, middle of Manhattan. I think we yeah, talked we, about New Orleans, but I think we ruled yeah. out New Orleans for Tony as too wild that Tony would would not go for that. Now, New Orleans would
1: give you the water, but mm-hmm. not in the same type of way. <laughs> um, yeah. it, that water's intrusive. Uh, <laughs> down <laughs> in New Orleans. And we thought, like, I I feel like... Do you think that you could have handled Bourbon Street? Yeah.
3: No. Okay. Yeah, I mean no, absolutely here's, not. Here's 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 my thing is like I'm just looking for like great food spots. And like those places in their main areas, all those places have great food spots. Like we went to Puerto Rico, we ate very well. Like I bet. they take their their food really seriously, and everything was fresh um and it ended up working out because right like the hurricane came through um you know it kind of went through the other side of the island uh, and then it hit miami so the the timing and where we went ended up working out in san juan where there were they were still operational everybody was fully functional doing their thing um and we had no weather issues so like Going to Puerto Rico and Taiwan ended up being like a it, it, it ended up being a blessing. We didn't have to cancel, or reschedule, or anything.
1: What was the best thing you ate while you th- were there? Oh, that is a good question. Out back?
3: <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. had all the things. No, of, yeah, course, I, they I, I, of course they, they do. they
4: had yeah.
1: all the things. We're we're. I'm looking like is that a Morton's? And he had a. And there's, there's legit a sizzler in San Juan. Yep, it might be mm-hmm. the last place on earth. Yep. But
4: there is a sizzler. This is right what. This is what he San was Juan. amazed by, Lawrence. This is what he was amazed by. And the honeymoon um, is. They got Subway and Dunkin' Donuts. This is incredible. It's incredible. It's America or something. This is unbelievable.
3: <laughs> we uh we didn't go to any. Uh, the only like main places like large international places was like the local cvs or walgreens um but we we we, tr- we tried to eat local all the local those local spots you know breakfast we had a local spot i don't remember you know names or anything but um man everything was really good like i don't know if i can pick one because there was nothing that i didn't get that i didn't finish or didn't like wow yeah, it was everything was great. Um I don't wanna, you know, lean. I don't wanna my first instinct was to save the tacos, but that's too easy. So I I I can't pick one. Everything, everything was great, everything was fresh. And I and I get it because like the, in the parts where we were, there's a lot of touristy things. So there's a lot of competition out there for your dollar. So you they can't really slack off on the food. Because they'll get run out of business real quick. Because all all we do is look at the reviews, right, to see which places to go. So um, everybody was like, you know, it seems like everybody's like in competition with each other to. All right, we got to make it fresh. We got to make sure it's on time. We got to make sure our service. The service was great everywhere. Um, so yeah, it was the food was was a was a large piece of the of what I enjoyed about San Juan.
1: Okay, so now I'm like, this is great. We figured that travel would open your horizons, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. So now, are you, are you thirsty to go someplace else, having been to Puerto Rico?
3: I am more intrigued to go to other places, um, and it's see my my whole thing is it's just about planes, and it's weird. It's like I'm not scared of planes. I'm not scared of dying. It's just, I don't like the way planes make me feel physically. Like, I'm always having a headache. Sure. I always feel like I'm out of it when I'm on an airplane and I've tried different stuff. Like, hydrate, make sure I get enough rest. But like just, I don't know. I just, I hate the way airplanes make me feel. And if there's an annoyance on the plane or anything to help contribute to the weird feeling that I get on airplanes, like, I just... I do not like it. And considering it. like you I better I shut think, that baby up. <laughs> oh, there was this kid on the, on the airplane back. Oh damn. He asked every question possible. And to his parents' credit, they answered every one of those questions, which just made me like more noise. Like just,
4: just tell your kid to be quiet and take a nap or something. <laughs> it was uh, it, it was it's, this is where you get the best parenting advice is from uh, childless Tony. I I picture that would be you on the plane asking Stephanie a million questions. Like how did you navigate traveling almost internationally and getting around a place you had no familiarity with and where the mm-hmm. dominant language is Spanish?
3: Um, actually everybody that we dealt with spoke English. And I think that was an easy transition for me because we didn't have to one, we didn't they take the American dollar, uh, and two it's their whole right it's also america so (laughs) it it helps a whole lot that you know people know english but um luckily and fortunately stephanie knows a little bit of spanish to get by so if there was any discrepancy with anything she was able to kind of communicate uh enough uh for us to get through uh so yeah it was that part wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be because everybody knows what the deal is, you know, in the, the area. So everybody s- speaks. And I didn't want to confuse people because, Lawrence, you always talk about the diaspora, right? The the Puerto Rican
1: diaspora. Well, is- the, the Spanish diaspora. It would be... the Puerto-, Puerto Rico would be the confluence of the Black and mm-hmm. Spanish diaspora. Yeah, Like, it's, it's, it's- the perfect... It's, it's the concentric circles of both of those things. So... Mm-hmm. It's, it's very possible that there is a Spanish-speaking person who looks, looks like right. Tony yeah. on yeah. the island. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was,
3: and I didn't want to confuse, because I, I wanted to kind of, you know, start off the conversation saying, you know, hola, just to, you know, break the ice or whatever the awkwardness may be, but they also may think because of You're the right. widespread of how many types of Puerto Ricans that are there i didn't want to confuse them to think that i primarily speak spanish and i'm like let me just say hi and (laughs) hello to people because i I don't want them to be confused because you know they could be like stephanie she could have been confused as a person that is a native i could have been confused as a person that is a native all three all three of us all three of us yes i've seen I, i saw so many pigmentations of uh puerto rican people that it it was Amazing to see. It's beautiful. That right? you can it, it was great. You couldn't tell who was a native and who was a tourist just because it was a uh, a mix of, of of so many different people and colors. It was it it was really
4: eye-opening to say the least. Lawrence, when we, we went a few years ago to France, and anytime we travel internationally, uh my wife teaches my daughters like a decent amount of whatever language they speak there. So they can kind of get around like just basic stuff like about food and about hotel and you know, where's the bathroom, that kind of stuff. Uh, But the kids wanted to learn the, how to say, can I pet your dog please? Oh, and, but that's not a tourism book phrase. So Hmm. they learned that. And then they would say that to people on the street, walking their dog in Paris and When you say something that's that elaborate in that language, they assume, well, you must be a French speaker. So they would immediately start talking to the kids in front of the kids and have no idea what was going on. They'd have no idea what they were saying. They're like, I have only learned that exact question, and I don't know how to respond. This specific
1: phrase that that I want to use so that I can connect with you. But that's all right, though. Like, that's that's how Montreal is. Montreal, to me, is – I love that place. Like I can legit see myself living. I know you talk about it all the time. I love. I love Montreal. Yeah, it's the same type of thing where if you open a conversation in French, people will speak to you in French. But almost everyone there is is by and trilingual. Mm-hmm. So if you say hello to people, they're like, "Oh, all right, this person speaks." It was not that way in Quebec City. <laughs> Quebec City, they were like, "Hey." You gonna speak this French up in here? <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna get away with, with all that American you over there doing. You gonna speak this French,
4: Tony? If we had Stephanie on, what would she say was her mo- her greatest annoyance with you on the Puerto Rico trip? Um,
3: probably interacting with the flight attendants. You know, very jo- jovially. <laughs>
4: Oh, you're like, uh, you you're
3: like you were like you were like everybody's annoying dad on
4: there, like cracking jokes with the flight attendant.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, being we, way too chummy with people you don't know. We uh, we got the uh, the the exit row, so we had extra leg room, which I appreciated. Nice. Okay, good. Uh, but there's a certain responsibility that comes with being on the exit row.
4: Not really, uh, there is that,
3: <laughs> that they go over with you before the plane takes off, how to do the exit things and, and whatnot. Uh, and uh, on our you're describing uh, we, that
4: like it's some kind of training. Oh, yeah, very they basically you know, just ask, Are you training. willing to help? Yes, say yes, or we'll move you. Like, <laughs> it, this, like this like isn't that. like a class, this isn't like orientation <laughs> for the exit row,
3: but you know, I took it very seriously, though, took my responsibility very seriously, you know, as the uh. Uh, uh, hero, uh, so to speak, <laughs> yeah, of the uh, the situation. I may need a comic book, Lawrence. Uh,
1: we
4: can do but- that. <laughs> the exit row, man, like, give me the guy exit that's row man. Exit <laughs> row man. always willing to sit in the exit row. And then, and then, like, every, every story, there's there is no event, like, always, there is no event.
1: I mean, I'm sure so that you don't have to so- do anything. There's some sort of like FAA violation, but could you imagine, like, you're going through some sort of tragedy where you have to be activated as the exit row person, and you freeze up. What they gonna do? They gonna sue you. You gonna get arrested for that because you were scared. But before you were like, "Yes, I will help and open the door on the exit row." Right. And
4: what they gonna do to you? Come on. There's like twelve people sitting in the exit row, but Tony thinks like he's Tony has appointed himself like exit row captain. So yeah. did you have like a lot of questions about this about your your newfound role? I here did, on the I flight? did.
3: Where where oh. was the where was the professional actually flight attendant? Where are you going to be during this situation? You, you asked them
4: where they're going to be while this yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: I, I need to know all the information so I can help protect this plane. <laughs> all right, I'm tired <laughs> of these mother. Not an air things. marshal. Oh, he, nah. <laughs> he
4: thinks he's an air marshal in this <laughs> th- he situation. He
3: thinks he
1: was Wesley Snipes in Passenger Fifty Seven. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
3: yeah that was that was probably
4: it you are something else man (laughs) so but now the honeymoon's over literally and figuratively like you Mm got to uh now you got to be mr tony gill you got to be like domesticated husband here Mm -hmm. like uh what adjustments have you made and if the answer is none then you're doing this wrong yeah no um putting her first
3: is the, the thing that I've learned is most important. So, um, and I know like, you know, we've been, you know, joking about the trip and stuff like that, but like, this is like a big one for me in terms of adjustment. Like now I ask myself that question every time there's a decision that needs to be made now incorporating her and thinking of, How would this impact her or how would this affect her if I make this decision or making sure, Hey, before I do, before I say yes to this, what would Stephanie think? What would, you know, how would Stephanie feel, you know, about that? So, um, and it's come up multiple times, like Lawrence, you know, um, I had a couple, uh, or had an interview, um, things, but. That that's one of the bigger examples, like right, changing jobs or moving or anything like that. But even like little stuff, like we're slowly incorporating everything to our new place. Um, oh, where would this go? Instead of just putting something there. Right. Where should right, where should I move this instead of just I'll move this here? Like those things that are you're so used to as a single person, um that you have to change to make life better for you know, everybody involved there's this new person that has become the most important in your life. So that's probably the, the biggest adjustment that, that I've made. And it's been great. It's been great because she's a smart individual. She's intelligent mm-hmm. and I trust her decision-making. So it, that, that makes that part a lot easier.
4: Always. You always want to marry up in terms of intelligence level. That is yes. that's a great tip. Um yes. I suspect that Stephanie is very neat and organized and that you are not with um, your things inside your house.
3: Actually, no. Nah. Um, like my right now, my closet's very organized. I got my shoes up in a different place. I got my hoodies up, you know, in a different place. I'm still transferring things from uh, my old house. Uh, but, you know, I like to keep things clean. I'll sweep, do dishes, mop. Like, I I... I like a clean abode. Okay. And 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 guests can pop up anytime. So, you know, I, I want a nice place to for people to come over and relax and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that even though she is the more organized person right? Like she did a lot yeah, of there the legwork.
4: There's there's for that and the there's wedding. that she, she probably never revealed on a podcast, for example, that one of her changes in life was that she was now going to shower more frequently. Like this is what kind of led my led me down this path of questioning. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's also that's also been a thing. <laughs>
1: okay, will you go will you go back to Puerto Rico? Are you looking like, w- did you leave didn't, there? Oh man, Man, we didn't do enough. I want to come back to this place.
3: We talked on our on our last day there and I was like, I wouldn't mind coming back here because there's there was a bunch of stuff that we didn't really get to see. So we went to old San Juan, right? Absolutely. It's great. Gorgeous. It's amazing. It's they updated the the physical buildings, but the way the landscape is the cobblestone feels right. It still feels old. And I thought that was amazing to see. Um, but we didn't see the castle. That's one thing that we didn't do. And I would love to go back and see that. Um, also, we kind of stayed primarily in the tourist area outside of uh, going an hour out of the city uh, to kayak. Um, so I want to see where the, the, the real people are. And we got a couple uh, examples or places to go like on our last day from like our uber drivers that we didn't get a chance to see so yeah puerto rico is definitely on the list uh to come back to
1: okay so look let me give you a little bit of uh stuff that i wish i would have learned earlier in Mm -hmm. traveling it's okay to go back to places that you like Mm -hmm. people are going to tell you man you got to go here and here and here and here and here and yes you should do that but if there are places that you like that you feel
4: comfortable in, Mm -hmm. don't hesitate to go back there. See, I feel like you got to go to a bunch of places first. Like when your list of places you've been is as short as his, you got to go see a bunch more places. And then you start saying, okay, I love going to Phoenix. I'm going to start going back to Phoenix. I'm going to start going back to Puerto Rico.
1: I just don't want him to be like, I got to go to 20 places. And then, then finally I can go back to a
4: place I like if he liked it.
1: And I hear you. Then he doesn't I hear have to, you. Go to Albuquerque. You
4: Albuquerque. Know, like. I, I I hear you completely, but what I'm afraid of is, okay, I've been to Puerto Rico. I understand it. I know how to get there. I know the exit roll rules. I'm good. I can go back to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is safe. I got it. I know how to do Puerto Rico and then never anywhere else. That's All right, what I'm concerned about. Tony, it shouldn't be your next trip. Oh, no, no, no.
1: It's not, it's <laughs> not going to be
3: the next trip, no. But, no. but uh, yeah, we, we do plan to return at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy my trip. It was great. We were right by the ocean. Um, so that was, that was fun. So yeah, I, we definitely plan on going back.
4: What are your responsibilities in the house tone? A lot of times, I don't know how, if every marriage is like this, but I know like in my house, things kind of gets divided up. Like I handle the laundry, for example, mm-hmm. and I, but I don't ever do the dishes really. My wife does the dishes and that's just pretty much how it falls. I don't know how we got to that, but mm-hmm. there's like five or six chores that I always do and five Mm -hmm. or six chores that she always does. Like, what are you, what are you responsible for in the house now?
3: Um, We're still figuring that out. You know, we just, I think we've been in the apartment for maybe six days total, you know, so we're still figuring that out amongst, you know, working, both of us are working. Uh, So I have a lot of time during the day periods, because she works so i'll handle like you know setting up the internet or cable or things of that that nature um she's definitely a better cook than i am even though i can cook some chicken you know i'm a real chicken guy feel me yeah you've told us yep told you guys uh and that stemmy um stomach rumbling he told
1: me (laughs) i'm shocked that you didn't but we still figured out I'm I'm really impressed that you said salmon and not salmon.
3: Oh no, I'm a big salmon guy. I'm a big, big salmon guy. Don't 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 try that salmon in front of me, you understand me? Salmon. I'll say it real quick as soon as you say it salmon. <laughs> <laughs> uh but we're still we're still we're still figuring that part out.
4: All right, hit the button, Tom. This is
3: Bullsheet. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with Bullsheet.
1: High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit to be sure.
3: bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will
0: interest the audience. Or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit.
4: I Call Bullsheet is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. That's our special link for the show for our listeners. And you'll get $230 off their new mattress. No promo code needed. These things are incredible. Uh, They look incredible. Mine's on the way. I can't wait to sleep on it. It's made with eucalyptus. It's made for perfect firmness. Tone, I know you like that firmness. (laughs) Tony's all about that firmness. Mm, Let's go. It's sustainable. It keeps you cool. uh, And their sheets are amazing. So this match is going to be amazing. I can't wait for it to finally get here so I can sleep on it and tell you guys about it. Because I know I'm going to love it. Uh, $230 off. It's a pretty good discount. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash I want to call bullshit on Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Probably not the first time we've done it. uh, But particularly what I'm calling bullshit on here, Lawrence, is him saying uh, he's not worried about the Packers sitting there at three and four. He thinks this team's going to be all right. And we've heard him plenty of times. He tells us relax or whatever. They get off to a bad start and then they do. They're usually pretty good because of him. Uh, but I, I think he should be worried.
1: I think he should be worried. And I think the the evidence of it being bullshit is everything that's happened since that press conference at the time that, that we're recording it. Aaron has made three different public statements Mm-hmm. Where he's bus tossing his teammates. Right. Now, I I personally didn't have a problem with what he said initially after the game. Like he is the captain of that team, he's the quarterback of that team, so I understand it. But for him to then kind of do the 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 chuckle hut on the McAfee show talking about other people and not like not pointing the thumb, like that, I imagine that that doesn't feel good if you're one of those young guys on the offense. And it's a whole different vibe where, like, to to compare him to another great, we know that things are bad in Tampa Bay, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that we've seen Tom Brady, like, in the moment, get after his teammates on the sideline, which is something he's done for the last at least 18 years that he's been playing in the league. He would never do that
4: publicly behind a microphone. Like Aaron Rodgers sounded had, like a fan. He sounded like a fan on that show, saying, "Play, play the guy, play the other." Guy. It's like this is just like what Bears fans do about the offensive line, whoever they're mad at, whether it you know it'd be Sam Mustafer, let's say. It is put put in whoever. Well, whoever they put in is going to be your new biggest problem that you're mad about. There's a reason why they have the guys starting that are starting it, and Aaron Rodgers should know that better than anybody. You know what? What I keep finding myself
1: thinking about in I mean, it's, it's, it's a metaphor, I think, for life, too, when you're talking about these two dudes. Did Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, like, need a break from each other? <laughs> and now they're sitting there going, this was a mistake. <laughs> like, like because Devontae Adams ain't going to win shit in Las Vegas. He's just not. And I get that, that, that Carr was his dude in, in college. Derek Carr seems like the best guy in the NFL. Like, he truly does. Like, that's a dude that I would want to be friends with. Honestly, he's got a leisure vibe to him. Oh, thank but, they, you. but they ain't winning shit out there. And now Aaron Rodgers is like, well, I'll just turn Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams. No, you won't. He's not good. So you took all the money and you took all the power and made it almost impossible for Green Bay to re-sign Devontae Adams, this is this is what that future looks like. You are getting a look at your dystopian future. And and while I would understand if I were Devontae Adams and he's he has been on the record saying that it had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers, I would understand him being like, I don't want to do this. I want to be closer to where my people can come and drive and see me and all that stuff. But at some point, and it seems like it's already happened. The losing gets frustrating. So Mm -hmm. both of those guys have made headlines for stuff that their teams aren't doing and how they reacted to it. Devontae out here pushing cameraman. And then on Twitter, like, I hope you see this like the dumbest apology ever. And Aaron Rodgers.
4: suspended for that.
1: Aaron Rodgers cannot wait to toss people under the bus. Mm -hmm. And he knows. And, and seeing, seeing him talk today, um, it, he's already starting to move back towards some of the, the talking points that he was using to explain himself last year, after people found out that he was lying about being vaccinated. He's all like, it's all coming together for him where he's able to, to walk into this space of, well, uh, how dare i say anything i don't want to get he's already using loaded language and stuff like that you know the, the reason why people don't like him no more
4: and he always acts like that's everyone else's fault correct it's your fault that you know uh, I, of course i told the truth about being vaccinated all this like it's you, you guys are misinterpreting what i'm saying you guys are are spinning what i'm saying whatever um i i've never been in the position to turn down millions of dollars, but I always think in cases where guys are talking about this much money, where you've made so much money in your career, or where the offer is, I think he signed for three years, $150 million. Like, What about three years, $120 million, and you're happier because you have what you need to do your job well and to enjoy it? Um, one of the reasons why he has always been right when he's told us to relax and chill out about the Packers getting off to a bad start is because he's been great. He's not great this year. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's not he's terrible. He's fine, but he's not he's not transcendent. He's yeah. not taking Alan Lazard and turning him into Devontae Adams. He's, so taking, I, he's taking that decline that should happen. Like
1: uh, at some point at this 39. Year, some someone's gonna probably I, I, I would imagine that the athletic or someone will do a deep dive on this, but these dudes are outliers, and we've been treating them like they're they're the standard. LeBron is an outlier. No mm-hmm. one should be doing what they're doing. It what he's doing in his twentieth season. Aaron Rodgers is an outlier. Tom Brady mm-hmm. is an outlier. And Matt Ryan is the norm. Right, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is he's the extreme. Drew Brees. He's the extreme of <laughs> yeah. of no, man. Right. You really should have stopped playing when you were thirty three years old. Drew Brees, I think he got out like right, like he saw it. And he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go do TV." <laughs> and, and so there's a lesson to be learned here. It's all well and good to try and push yourself beyond your limits, and try to be an outlier. I'm worried about this with Demar Derozan because because Demar doesn't want to hear you talk about the concept of well, you know, I mean, you're you're older, and that's not a knock on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's it's just what happens. Like at some point, you're not going to be available. Like it's all you know. What ends up happening, and guys will say, "Well, you know, I'm just getting a little like I, it's not that I'm old. It's just that I'm hurt." Well, yeah, that's what happens. As, as you get older, your right. body is more susceptible to breaking down. they
4: hurt more easily, and you recover right? from it slower.
1: Correct, and you're and you're not going to be available. For as long, so that takes away your effectiveness as a player. You might still, in a vacuum or in a small sample, be able to be the great player that you are, but over 82 games in an NBA schedule, over 162, like we're Yasmani Grandal got old fast Mm -hmm. for the White Sox, like he's super old right now, and he's not that old. And Tom Brady, like after years of us saying that. It's probably over. And he's still like, is what you were saying about Aaron Rodgers, Jason? He's still good, Mm -hmm. but you can see the drop from GOAT level to pretty decent quarterback and the difference that it makes between GOAT level play and being above average. But yeah, bullshit on him, man. Like, Aaron Rodgers is, he has become one of the most unlikable guys.
4: I know, and he was so he was so likable a few years ago. I mean, he was he He, was an individual. You liked his game. Like there was a lot to like about Aaron Rodgers a few years ago, and I think I feel like he's just gotten like he's gone way too far in the character. Tony, you know something about that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and he was coming up after an unlikable guy, which made him more likable, right? Like coming after Brett Favre, who I mean.
1: I mean, but Brett Favre Bar- was pretty loved. Yeah, uh, throughout his, the country, people disliking him is retroactive to his career. Yeah, it, it, I, I
3: thought I thought the way, especially the way it ended for him in Green Bay, that he became like no.
1: But remember, like that, even when he's come back, like they lo- like obviously seeing him play for the Vikings. If you're a Green Bay fan, hurts, but they've reconciled that. You know, Mm -hmm. but what he's been post career or towards the end of his career and post career has he's a monster like Mm -hmm. he's he's a monster that still hasn't quite been held accountable for all the stuff that he's done. And I'm hoping with this this malfeasance in Mississippi Mm -hmm. that that there is an actual comeuppance for him because he deserves it.
3: My biggest thing with Aaron and why I think is is bullshit is because I don't think Aaron wants to win more than he wants people to believe that he's done all he's can to win.
1: Mm, that's interesting. Um
3: that because is, it, that, that he, it's not his fault. Right. That he likes the it's not my fault. He likes everything chasing for him. Right. It takes a it takes a lot to win a Super Bowl, right? Like we just talked about outlaw outliers. Like Brady is an outlier for what he's doing and for how he's won. And it takes a lot of of whatever's in Brady to continue to do that. I, I don't know if Aaron wants that or wants it that bad. I think he likes to be known as the perfecter of the craft, but not necessarily with the winning because he could have done that. They were – I think if he really wanted to win – he would have went somewhere else, got to where there are a couple better pieces, defensively off. Do what the NBA players are doing that's in, that's impacting the NFL with the quarterbacks. Like, I don't like the situation. I'm going to go where I feel, where I can win, and where I can you know put up numbers. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. So I I don't think he likes – I don't think he wants to win as bad as he wants to be blamed. For not winning.
0: Lord, yes, I think
1: he's, he's. Go ahead. It's an interesting position. And since he's already won. And everyone knows that he's elite. Um, I I have a hard time doubting. These guys because of what they put their bodies through. I, I. It's hard for me to think that he's sitting there. Not wanting to win. I do think that he doesn't want. I, I'll meet you halfway on this Tony. Mm-hmm. I think that. He never wants to be the reason why the team doesn't win and he is willing to use every avenue that he can through us through the media to make sure that that is never the narrative that 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 we always end up in the place Well Aaron did all that he could. Aaron, Aaron looks hockey right. blame Aaron and, and it's, the storyline
4: is always, always that they failed him.
1: Right. That, I mean, think about it. I mean, five years ago, we're talking about the Packers as an organization, them failing Aaron. And I think now partially because the, look, you just aren't going to get better at football when you're closing in on 40 that um, th- that's one of, one of the things that he wants us to believe. He wants us to believe that it's not his fault, no matter what happens. With the Packers, he isn't responsible for the losing. How could he? He's one of the greatest of all time.
4: Mm-hmm. I think that they are going to be okay in a sense of they could still win the NFC North. I I could see them getting to nine or ten wins, and that being good enough. I'm, I know the Vikings are five and one, but I'm not a I'm not really sold on that. Do you know the First Vikings? All, let me Vikings, tell you something, Mister Leisure.
1: I yes. was watching ESPN today, and they put up the graphic, and the graphic for in the hunt had the chicago bears in it so take that <laughs> mr football reporter man
4: okay all right
1: Bears.
3: now it's time for a chicago bears segment we call
4: this is fine i'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently everything's fine that's okay things are going to be okay Interesting that you mentioned that, Lawrence, because uh, don't worry, everything's fine. Everything's fine. The Bears won Monday night. Everything's fine. Uh, As you uh, get excited about the Bears being in the hunt, uh, the Bears have traded single-season franchise sack record holder Robert Quinn for a fourth-round pick. He's going to the Eagles. That sound is
1: actually perfect for... (laughs) everything's man, fine though everything's totally fine what a what a weird way to finish off like turning the page from the Monday night game to getting ready for the game against Dallas where mm-hmm. pe- the city is on man I Jason I got off the train in Hyde Park yesterday I am walking I'm walking up 53rd Street people are in such it was raining dog. People were like, go Bears! Like, I, like people who know me and know what I do, they could not wait to tell you how excited that they were about the Bears. Justin Fields playing the way that he played on Monday night, them dog-walking the Patriots on the road. Folks are ready to believe, believe. And then the Bears are like, oh, yeah, so the guy that, that draws the double teams on defense,
4: mm-hmm. we're going to trade him. It's the right thing to do. It's the sensible thing to do. They should have done this in the summer, probably, and maybe gotten more for it. But it's also a wet blanket on the biggest win they've had in a long time. By the way, we're still in a fire sale, just so you guys know. Anyway, I do do think that the, the hunt, sir, and in the fire sale, but okay. Sure. I I do think that uh the, the Packers will be okay. By the way, in sense that they'll get to the playoffs, Minnesota. I was going to tell you is five and one, but they have a point differential for the season of plus twenty one. Like they are, they are not a convincing five and one to me. So I could see Green Bay getting to nine or ten wins, winning the NFC North. But the, I I do call bullshit on any thought that he might have that they're going to be a contender this year. That's over. That's not happening. No, they're not, not a, they're not. This is not a, a conference title game level no. team. And if you're Aaron Rodgers. That's what you play for at this point. You're not playing to go nine and eight and win the division by default because nobody else is good. I Call Bullsheet is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Again, you can get $230 off their new mattress by using our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. You had mentioned that you went to see Black Adam. I did starring The Rock. And uh, I'm not familiar with this. I like I'm not a I'm not I don't have at all the uh, expertise in comics like you do. Can you give me just like a, a snapshot of who Black Adam is? The character. Black Adam and then Adam, I want to know what you thought of the movie. Black Adam is, depending on your point of view, a
1: villain or an anti-hero in northern africa who is probably as strong as superman and and has a a dark side to his character he is most mostly linked with shazam and his powers come from ancient magic he he is it was an ambitious idea for the rock to want to play that character because it kind of goes against type for him because the rock loves to be loved and yeah. black Adam in the comic books, at least is someone that you have to work through a lot of layers to love him. Um, so I, I'm glad that the rock did the project because it's a character that I think is super interesting and it opened up the opportunity for DC to do different stuff. I wish someone else would have starred as black Adam. Oh, like who? I don't know, but I don't think that he had a, had the rank strangely enough. His, I honestly could have seen his co-star in the movie, Aldous Hodge, who plays Hawkman playing black Adam and doing a better job of it. It's just a darker character and the rock is not built for that. Like, I, I, he still was kind of trying to make it funny. And that character not real big on jokes. (laughs) Like, that's not really what he does.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that, Lawrence. Like, as soon as I saw The Rock was going to be Black Adam, I was like, well, I'll see it when I see it. Like, it's not a priority. It wasn't a priority (laughs) to me to see it once. Because I know he doesn't have the range. And I know he has he has a thing that comes with the rock that I knew the character of black Adam, because he's so layered and complicated, um, as a, as a, as a character. And I'm like the rock, he doesn't do that for me. If this was the, I was hoping that you were going to say that this was the rocks coming out party as a layered
1: actor, but like, this just kind of was like, eh, all right, know. well, hold, hold on though. Cause here, here's what I'll say about it, Tony. Everything else around him, for the most part, is B plus or higher. So, it's worth it. It's worth it to go see it. And I thought that he was fine. Like it, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. You know. And that was my concern is that he was going to be bad in the role. He wasn't bad. And they did enough with the people who were around. Pierce Brosnan is in the movie. And he's terrific. Uh, Sarah Shahi is in the movie, and she's terrific. And I love uh, Hawkman. How they did Hawkman is a is a is an OG like character in DC. And because of his costume, people like clown on him. That's one of the toughest dudes in the DC universe. And they did it right. Like they did that part right. I walked away enjoying it. And basically, they set up a Justice Society movie. If they want to do one, they can do it. And I would say that this was basically a Justice Society movie that featured Black Adam. And that was my, and, the, and to me, the Justice Society movie was better than the Justice League movie. So it's, it, it's worth go going ahead. to see. Like, I, I didn't walk out of there like, man, I wasted my money. I walked out of there like, okay, like, there's a lot of things that they can do and a lot of directions they can go with this.
4: It has not made a lot of money. I think it's actually on track to lose money. Um, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 39%. Let me see if you – this kind of speaks to what you were I talking about. number one in the box office, though. I am looking at the latest numbers are uh, that it has done 153 million at the box office with a budget of about 200 million. Yeah, they'll I mean, they'll make that it's money back. It's going to take some catching up. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes kind of seems to um, look at it. The consensus review. I don't know how much you trust Rotten Tomatoes. I I like it in general, but it got a 39 percent and uh, the consensus criticism is that Black Adam may end up pointing the way to an exciting future for DC films. But as a standalone experience, it's a wildly uneven letdown. I, I see my thing is, is like, I feel like DC
3: is rushing, trying to catch up with what Marvel has created over the last 20 years or so. Um, and I don't like that. That annoys me. Um, that I know what they're doing. I know what they're trying to do, and they don't seem that much invested in telling the story. Now, I will give it a shot due to Lawrence's uh, recommendation, uh, but I know it's going to come back. Or they're trying to build out their universe. This, this universe needed a hard restart, uh, and I feel like whatever they do trying to build on top of their bad foundation... It's just going to lead to more disappointment in grander movies. So when you say this was a Justice Society movie, which I fully expected, but I don't need the rush to the mega Avenger Infinity
1: Thing movie. I don't need the rush. No, but here's the thing, Tony. You're right. You're right about that. What I liked about this, this particular movie, is that they are taking some of the lessons from Marvel and the lesson from Marvel to, to put it simply um, because I mean, I don't want to go too geeky with you guys on this, but you can, man, we got time for it. Marvel used to it had a deal with Sony and they basically divvied up the superheroes. So it's part of the reason that you didn't see Spider-Man In the MCU until recently, those are still technically the Spider-Man movies are still technically Sony movies, even though now they're starting to integrate them. They took the Hulk. They took Spider-Man because to them, those were the marquee characters of Marvel. And so Marvel was like, well, we want we want Iron Man. And Sony was like, all right, great. Go and have Iron Iron Man. like yeah, That's go not a big deal. And then they were able to build a whole universe around Iron Man. It was very well done by Marvel that they, they were able to do that. This movie felt like that. I don't think they're building a universe around Black Adam, okay? But I do think they opened the door to lesser characters. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, the Atom Smasher. They made it so that they're... What I liked about it is they keep trying to sell us the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity in DC is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. They keep trying it. And people like, oh, you know, it's cool or whatever. But Superman's character is so perfect that it's hard to, I mean, it's obviously like you love them, But unless you're going to do some of the darker versions of Superman. I'm not that interested we like what know they do with what Batman right we know what we know Batman we wait a minute you mean to tell me that his parents went like we we got it we got it. The Wonder Woman movies have been better but this opens the door to more interesting characters and now I'm curious on on if they will they will walk through that door if they'll say let's and Shazam, that movie did really well. For I don't understand
3: why. I, it was, I, I hated every bit of it.
1: You know why, Tony? Because it was it was kid friendly and fan friendly. Like there were no stakes. You know, with 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 Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, there's stakes. Like you you have to hit such a right tone to get it right. And who's the actor that they would dare have play Batman? And I can't believe that they chose Ben Affleck. Like there's all that stuff. That, that ends up, I think getting in the way. And I, I was concerned about black Adam. Like I was like, man, this is, you know, this is going to be the rock as black Adam and not black Adam. Right. I walked away going, I'm okay. That he's not perfect for that role. You know what I'm saying? I walked away going, this was totally fine. Like, it was entertaining. I didn't feel like I had wasted two hours. And there have been there have been DC movies where I've been like, I could have been doing anything else. And 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 so I I, I would recommend going to see it. There is an end credit scene that is kind of cool. I was surprised too. I went to go see it in Chatham. Like I kept it a buck. Um, right off of 87th and the Dan Ryan, Jason. That's where I went to go see the movie. I like seeing the movie there. Because I feel there's a different audience um, experience in Chatham, and I've always enjoyed it. This is the theater that when when I saw Infinity War, I'll never forget this because black people are amazing. I'm there in Infinity War, and Captain America has been missing, and we don't know where he is, and then he pops up, right, with his beard and on his hair, and this black woman in the movie said, with your fine ass, when he popped up on the screen, and I was like, this is my kind of theater right here, and it was the same way for for Black Adam, where people applauded at the end of the movie, and I was surprised by that. I thought the movie was good, but there was a, a, a room full of people who applauded at the end of it, so if you're looking for, if, if you can suspend your disbelief and not worry about the bigger picture for DC, and just say, is is if I buy an eleven dollar ticket, am I going to be entertained for two hours? Yes, that's the answer. It's yes, and there's also some cool stuff and some big picture stuff that if you do want to delve into it, that I think is exciting. Like if I were working at DC. I would be really excited about the possibilities that are now open to them because of the Black Adam movie.
4: Lawrence, it's time for your favorite song. I love this song. Hey, you tell them. You go ahead. You can. You send it. Let's do football roundup. yee
0: Football
3: roundup. Come on, it's time to play football roundup. Brought to you by BetMGM on a sports adjacent
4: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. Oh. I love the I love the Yeehaw. That was, you were, you're so into it. I love that, Lawrence. That's what we need. We need someone with total buy-in. This you've come around. You started I, the show. You started the show at uh, why didn't you call these other 10 people to do this instead of me? And now here we are at this point, you're going,
2: yeah,
4: I love it. (laughs) Got to get into it, right? Got to make it work. Football Roundup is where we catch you up on only the important things that happened in the NFL this week. Sometimes we do college football, but usually it's just the NFL. And uh, it is brought to you by our friends at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app or go on uh, BetMGM.com and you can get our great offer Uh, Use promo code ADJACENT200, and if you bet $10 on any NFL game, you will win $200 in free bets as long as either team scores a touchdown. Just use our promo code ADJACENT200. BetMGM has uh, every kind of sports betting you could imagine. It has, uh, as I said, NFL, but also college football, uh, the World Series. you got NBA, NHL underway. You can bet parlays, individual player props. Uh, They've got really everything over there. Just go to BetMGM.com. Or download the BetMGM app and remember to use our promo code ADJACENT200. Football Roundup, Lawrence, begins with uh, one of the just most confusing and bizarre videos I feel like I've seen from a football game. Somebody got this in the tunnel after the Tampa Bay game. Two referees going up to Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans. And you've covered a lot of football games in your career. You... I mean, how weird was this for you to see I've them never going seen up that. to him and then handing him something and he's writing It, it looks totally like he's getting an autograph.
1: It, I've never seen that before. I've seen players and referees like interact, but I've never seen that where it looked like the two guys were chasing him into the tunnel. It's clearly like a hard day specifically for Mike Evans and, and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He missed that wide open 70-yard touchdown or whatever it was. So it looked strange, and then it looked even more strange when they clearly understood that the camera was rolling and they then kind of shuffled off so that they weren't in the view of the camera. It looked super suspicious, but I've, I have never seen that before.
4: <laughs> it looked very suspicious, and here, here's kind of the explanation, at least, that we're hearing. The NFL is saying only that these guys were not getting an autograph. Or that they were not doing anything. Yeah, that they were not getting an autograph. The NFL said this in a statement, but provided no details about what actually was happening because this is really weird. We like okay. If he's not getting an autograph, then tell me what he is doing. Um, Then NFL Network reports that one of the refs, the side judge Jeff Lamberth, is a fellow Texas A&M alum like Mike Evans, and uh, wanted Evans' phone number so he could pass it along to a golf pro. lessons mike evans didn't say he was asked uh, and he didn't say exactly what they were doing but he said i wasn't signing an autograph and we were talking about golf what i find kind of weird about this lawrence is that and and this happens a lot with the nfl i feel like where the nfl puts something out officially and then also kind of sends an explanation out the back door through the tv station that they own like why not just come forward and say officially what these guys were doing because this goes like it go it. Why is anyone bothered that these guys are getting his autograph because they're worried about favoritism and compromising the integrity of the game as far as gambling is concerned and other things are concerned. Like why not be totally open about what this was instead of having it kind of leaked out the back door on NFL network?
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, to me, even the explanation is something that you should be worried about because you're drawing a connection between an official and a player. Yeah. You, right. And you're drawing attention to that connection between official and player. And, and I would still, if I were another player, I'd be like, well, wait, I get that you weren't asking for an autograph, but you were like doing a thing. You were, and- you were buddy buddy with him. Right. And so how can I be sure that I'm going to get a fair shake? And with the NFL's like their connection with all of the different gambling sites, they have to be extra vigilant. They have to be extra vigilant. I'm surprised that they didn't. I know even let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that this is completely innocent and it is what they say it is. Which mm-hmm. I still think is bad, for the record. But even if you give them that, you can't
4: have it look like that. It looked shady. It, that's it what the NFL like, said. They reminded those guys of was that you can't even have this appearance. It it looked like it wasn't this, but it looked
1: like a drug deal. Like that's <laughs> what it was. It looked it looked like guys that or. Or or someone that was going to get hookers at the point like the whole show okay. on all HBO right. it looked like yeah let's let's talk about price and then someone sees the cop car and it's like oh, well, oh we was just hanging out we were just gonna think of talking about going to dinner just talking about golf that's all it was and it it looks really really bad
3: my other thing is like when you listen to the clip too they have full intent to get Mike Evans' intentions they know who they wanted to talk to. And I get it. I And it's not even that a player and a ref talk after game time. Usually a player goes up to a ref, right? And like, could you explain this to me? Or what would happen on this play? What did you see? Then I can see that. They went up to him. He had no intention of talking to any ref before heading into that locker room. They went after him. Yo, Mike. And then handed out a piece of paper and something to write on. Which, I mean, it didn't. Maybe Mike is like, hey, I don't want any issues, just whatever, you know. But I, I would think a player would be like, "What's going on here? Like, why are you talking to me?" Like, so I mean, they must have had some prior relationship other than just that game that that ref was happy. I mean, did he did Mike know him already? Did they already have like a previous conversation, you know, about this? Because it went down kind of smoothly. There was no
1: Mike Evans didn't look upset, right? Yeah, like, it, there was no awkwardness in the interaction. He just was I, like, yeah. I imagine that what probably happened was one of those interactions that we do see like before game where Mm -hmm. he's like, Hey, Mike, I need to talk to you about something after the game. Can we talk? Can you give me a minute after the game? You know, but any of that stuff still makes it seem as if there's something untoward going on. And that's the concern. And that's the concern whenever you have the, the gambling aspect, be a part of this thing too.
4: It's not a I good do, look. I do believe that they weren't getting an autograph, though, because in hindsight, now watching the video again, it's like it's not like he had a framed photo of Mike Evans that he pulled out to him sign. He just pulled up some paper out of his pocket. It's like if you were at the airport and like I don't know who would be a celebrity you'd want to see, Lawrence. If you were if you were at the airport and uh, Rock, and you saw the Rock walking around, you'd be like, Oh man, what do I have? What do I have for him to maybe he could sign my my boarding pass or something, whatever. I'm so I don't think he had like this big plan to get his autograph. And I could accept it. I could buy the possibility that he was just getting his number about golf. But you're right. It's not a good look. Uh, speaking of bad looks, do you remember when Colts owner Jim Irsay said, I believe this was after the Carson Wentz experiment, which followed the Philip Rivers experiment. He said, no more of these stopgap quarterbacks. That's it. No more. We need to do it right. Draft a guy, make him the franchise quarterback. And then uh, then they did it again with Matt Ryan. And it was such a big deal when they got Matt Ryan. Everybody, oh, the Colts, look at the Colts now. They're right there with everyone else. Matt Ryan's been benched after seven games. He's washed. like, And you could see it early on in the
1: season that, that he was done. All reports are Matt Ryan is a really good man and an incredible citizen. Like anyone that you talk to, whether you talk to folks in Atlanta, you talk to the people in Indianapolis, he's just done. What surprises me about that? Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are two really smart football people, mm-hmm. and they've been chasing a quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. Right. Andrew Luck ret- retired four years ago. I'm I'm I am shocked that there hasn't been a development plan anywhere in there that if you want to do a stopgap because you feel like you have a team, that's cool. But why weren't you also then looking to draft quarterbacks that or find find a quarterback that you think is worthy of development that is then sitting and learning under Philip Rivers? You know what I mean? Like that, that yeah, I am yeah. surprised that they've let three seasons go by and and still don't have someone in the pipeline. And maybe it is Sam Ellinger. Like I'm I'm willing to 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 give them the, the and they've they're clearly going to turn the season over to him, but it feels like wasted opportunity by two guys that I really respect the way that they do football.
4: These have been like Bears-type, like Ryan Pace-type swings and misses, and, and Sam Ellinger will be the quarterback the rest of the season probably. One guy you're not going to see play again for them at all is Matt Ryan. Uh, Mike Florio had an article on uh, Pro Football Talk saying that Matt Ryan's getting $12 million next year from the Colts either way, but there's like another $17 million that would be injury guaranteed. So if he was to he was to get hurt at any point and not be able to pass a physical in March, they got to pay him an extra $17 million. So, like, you're going to play quarterback for the Colts before Matt Ryan plays quarterback for the Colts. But these quarterback swings that they've taken since Andrew Luckluck, these are, these are Ryan pace level swings and misses. Correct. Like the bears, the bears went and got Nick Foles. The bears went and got Andy Dalton. None of that worked out. And meanwhile, the Colts have been going getting Philip rivers, Philip rivers, and, Carson and Wentz, goals. Matt Ryan. And now Nick, Nick Foles might play for them at some point this year. But none of those guys are like getting Matt Ryan was not like the bucks getting Brady or the Rams getting Matthew Stafford, or if the Broncos had this year gotten uh, um, Aaron Rodgers or something like that, like Matt Ryan was already clearly in decline. Like, And Carson Wentz was a, a contract that everybody thought, like, is Philly even going to be able to get rid of that?
1: And, and, and a person and the difference between Ryan and Rivers and Wentz, people don't like Carson Wentz. People, people, people tolerate Phillip and they love Matt Ryan. People don't like Carson Wentz. So so you have you have all sorts of mistakes in that in, in in them trying to fix that position. I uh I don't mind
3: how they're going about it. Uh and here's why. Finding that guy when you had that guy is hard. Like how many franchises are able to get a generational quarterback or have had one? Bears never had one. Like fr- entire franchises have never had a franchise a a real franchise quarterback and I think they understand how difficult it is and like losing a generational talent at quarterback in the prime of his career I would say it takes more than four years to kind of come back from that especially when they've built up the team to be so good like they the only and we all know those guys the V quarterbacks are found in the first round near the top of the draft where they were drafting because the talent around the quarterback was so good on that team they were never going to be able to you know get one of those guys unless you know they package up or trade up or decide hey we got to just tear this thing down so we can get that guy in the draft it's very difficult to find that guy and then Try and find, uh, take a swing at a talent to hopefully find out to, to develop him, and hopefully he's good. Like yeah. when your team is already ready made
1: to go, it's it's look, difficult. Look, I'm going to give you an example, and it's going to be bad because it looks like this this guy was bad. Where was their Kenny Stills? Wait, Kenny wrong guy. Kenny Stills, yeah. the wrong, wide receiver. Wrong, no, the, the, I'm thinking the backup for uh, for Minnesota. The one that got run out of town. Why Why did I call him Kenny Stills? Now I feel bad. Like exactly. It's the, the total point. God, what the kid from Texas A&M that, that, that Mike Zimmer did not want to play and told people that he didn't want to play. And he was a second round guy. That's the type of guy that I'm talking about. The Colts needed to have in the pipeline and then find out, can he play or can he not play? I really hope his first name is Kenny.
4: Is it? <laughs> yeah. Are you thinking of Kellen Mond?
1: That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Yes, <laughs> with a K. Where was there Kellen Mond? That's who. He did go to
4: Texas A&M. All
1: right. Where was that guy? Where was there? Where was there Bailey Zappy? Yes, fourth fourth round pick. They and, and maybe it is Sam, but. Throughout this whole period, you should have had someone that if one of those if one of those bad options of chasing Carson Wentz and his terrible contract or giving an old quarterback one more opportunity to do it like Matt Ryan, there should have been someone that you could have been like, look, if this doesn't work out, we're going to go to this guy and we feel good about this guy. Geno Smith. I mean, Geno Smith is uh, going into week. I want to say it was week six. He was number three in QBR in the league. I don't know where he is right now, but Geno Smith is a really interesting thing. I want to see it play out for longer than seven weeks, but his career was cut short by weird stuff. Like, obviously, you have some bad play. He got hurt. He got punched in the face and missed time because of that. All that stuff went into him, and then you look up, and it's 10 years later, and, and he's still in the league. If anyone should take that as a victory, it, it should be Pete Carroll. Like, Pete Carroll should be like, yeah, dangerous. <laughs> Mr. Like, Unlimited
3: now he's doing high knees on airplanes and stuff like could you
4: could you imagine that was a, that was imagine? the story today that he was working out and uh stretching for like 4 of the 8 hours on their flight to london
1: could you tony you have now been a a hall monitor on an airplane um could, exit row captain could you imagine some 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 hustle dork doing that on on your plane ride <laughs> no what oh, are you gonna sit out? ass down. We're flying overseas. This ain't this ain't Denver to Phoenix.
4: Yeah, you no. Know? <laughs> this is this is Denver to London. Football roundup is brought to you by our friends at GM. Download the BetMGM app. Use our promo code Adjacent Two Hundred. If you bet ten dollars on any NFL game, as long as one of the teams scores a touchdown, you will win two hundred dollars in free future bets use our promo code adjacent 200 bet MGM the king of sports books Lawrence would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today I very much would let's start in the NBA uh, you're gonna be shocked let's do some like clickbait stuff here you'll be shocked you won't believe Which NBA team Tony Gill thinks is the most entertaining this season? What? I'm shocked at the question. The sports world reacts to Tony Gill's most interesting team. Who is it, Tone? The Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers. He loves them.
3: It's, 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 It's not because of what they're doing on the basketball court. It's just we all
4: like looking at fires. I saw an ESPN headline today that said, uh, are the Lakers the worst shooting team of all time? (laughs) They're shooting 40%. They're shooting 20% from three. Why are you enjoying this so much? Is it you just like Um, the hate watch here? It's not hate. It's uh, Lawrence uh,
3: brings up something that I I like to see. Not like to see, but just intrigued by is players – having the power but also having the power to ruin themselves Mm -hmm. um and this is kind of what's happening in in la where um lebron was the at the forefront of player empowerment uh and it's it's come up for him to pay the debt now uh to to a certain degree he's where he he created his own hell Uh, Yeah, you're in L.A. Yeah, you play for a marquee franchise. Yeah, you got the one championship. But now the ending of your career is going to be really bad because you couldn't find an executive coach situation to help you achieve the things that you wanted to achieve. Um, And look, every man has the right to, you know, determine their own futures, but he okayed all of this that's happening in LA, uh, the Anthony Davis trade, the, uh, Russell Westbrook trade, instead of signing or signing trading for DeMar DeRozan, like he is not a good GM and he's never been a good GM. Um, so it's, it's fun watching this all kind of crash and burn and no disrespect to LeBron. I think LeBron is, you know, the greatest, or if not the second greatest player or third greatest player. people throw Kareem in there. Uh, but this ending isn't going to go the way
4: that we all thought it would. And probably like he thought it would. There's been a lot of drama with Russell Westbrook as usual for them. And uh, my fa- one of my favorite players, he uh, is my, my favorite player in his prime was my favorite player. I, it's not really that fun to watch anymore. I don't see how he I don't was, see how you guys you know, like him because he was absolutely uh, an entertainer in every way. He was completely unpredictable. You never knew what you were going to see. And he, he was probably rage. He was probably the most athletic player in any sport at the time in his prime. What he could he was so explosive, but he was also explosive in his temperament and so I felt like mm-hmm. that's the guy you want to pay to watch because you will get the full show when you're watching Russell Westbrook. When you when they had Durant and Westbrook Lawrence, I thought like watching Durant is like going to the symphony. Yeah. Watching the, is like watching a, a the the great the world's greatest violinist and just being in awe of the grace with which he plays the violin. But then Russell Westbrook was like, Hey, you guys uh I got some fireworks. You want to go shoot them off in the parking lot? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, like I want to see that too. Yeah, that sounds super fun too. Like, I, I'm in with both. Uh, I, thought, I, thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to
1: say that he's like a metal band, like a great metal band. But nah, he right. just
4: happens to have some firecrackers that he bought, and he's going to do some stuff with it. And He's I, got I a see
1: trunk what, full of fireworks. That's what yeah. he's
4: got. I want to see pack. what he does with them. Yeah. Uh, he, he was mad at Darvin Ham, their coach, because uh, he's been benched, of course, and Darvin Ham says, but well, I don't have time for people to be in their feelings. And he was blaming Darvin Ham uh, for an injury that he had because – Darvin Ham played him off the bench in a preseason game the week before. Uh, it's it's really not going well. And they might fix it after this year, though, Tone, because they get out of that contract at the end of this year. They're paying him like $47 million this year. Um, but they, uh, they are winless as of this recording. I think they play the nuggets between when we record this and when it comes out. So that's Ayo. probably 0 for 4 right there.
1: <laughs> what I um, don't like about it is that he's kind of set up as the fall guy on this that Everything is his fault. That's why the Lakers are struggling. Really, the, the dude whose fault it is is a dude that, that Tony, Tony played against in high school, Anthony Davis.
4: That's whose fault it is. Well, we're like, nobody that, talking about not that. better. That's <laughs> we're fault talking that. About that. I mean, he, Russell Westbrook is their biggest problem, but it's not his fault he's the problem.
1: Anthony Davis was at the summit when they were in the bubble. And if you look at what he's been since then, it's it's been like it, precipitous drop.
3: But he's never was that way he was in the bubble. That's a thing too. It's like he never was able to shoot that well ever. And again, no crowds, uh shorter line of sight, all that stuff matters in in in, a, in shooting the basketball. He's never shot that before ever before and he's never shot that after. Yep. So I get when people say like look, that's a legitimate championship in my opinion. But when people say, you know, there's some questions about it. There's one of the questions. That guy has never shot like that ever before in his career. So, and also his injury history. So, it's going to be interesting
4: what, what happens to the Lakers the next few years. You guys hyped about Firefest 2? Wait, what? You remember Firefest? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. It's good to hear that again. It's good to have that back. Give us another one, Tone. Come on. Oh, yeah oh yeah you got any other uh, uh Tonyisms you want to do i don't black people in here yeah that's one of the main ones right you just <laughs> run into a trader joe's and yell that i guess uh you want to you want to shout out steph while you're here steph baby love you yeah. love you baby you want to like slurp up a milkshake while you're on the on the show too while the mic's hot Uh, In case anybody doesn't remember about Firefest, this was back in 2017 in the Bahamas. Promoter Billy McFarland and Ja Rule, going to be this big music festival. And uh, it ended up just being a bunch of people stranded with tents and uh, cheese sandwiches. Billy McFarland pleaded guilty to wire fraud, uh, six years in prison, $26 million had to be repaid. Netflix had a big documentary on it. Uh, Anyway, he's out early. He got released in March and uh, he wants another go at it. So maybe, Lawrence, uh, we could do a, a remote from, from Firefest too. 2. Uh, he's playing coy about this, Billy McFarland. He released a 12-second video, and all it shows is uh, tropical sharks swimming around, a woman in a bikini, and a message in a bottle. There's a bottle that has a note in it rolled up. Um, he, they gave out some kind of phone number you can call where you can give contact information to be kept in the loop on this. Th- this feels like the exact same thing all over again. They got sharks, saying, sharks, women, uh, bottle. Come on, give us your money. They got the say in, in Texas. They they probably have it in Tennessee too.
1: Fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame. We're not gonna get fooled. Never again. get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> if you sign up. For Firefest 2, I have zero
4: sympathy for whatever happens to you in the Bahamas. Yeah, he zero. Should, he shouldn't have to repay any money that anyone gives him for Firefest 2. He's earned that. Correct. We're not go, and you, he you should get avoid it, jail time. You get it. Yeah. If you
1: fall for this grift again, I saw a story. I saw a story, um, and and it was legit. And I was like, man, people are for some reason, people don't want to take other people's word for stuff. This guy was like, I wrestled a bear because
4: mm-hmm.
1: he was a wrestler and he got mauled and he's like, I found out that bears are tough. You dummy. Like <laughs> you, you had to, you couldn't trust anyone's word. You had to experience it. And these people that go to fire fest too, they're in the same damn boat. There's a there's two documentaries. Two on what happened at Firefest. But
4: Lawrence, there was a video. There was a video with sharks in the tropics. There was a woman in a bikini. There's a bottle. I, I want to be in that. I want whatever that is. It looks good. I'm I, I I'm I'm in.
1: I'm going. If you give that idiot your money, you're as dumb as he is. What would I be without you? <laughs>
4: what was what was that? Is ja that Ja Rule? Yeah. are you doing Ja Rule?
1: Was like a, uh,
4: be without you? Is, is that Ja Rule singing his hit song while gargling mouthwash? Or what was yeah, that? That's what, that's what he sounds like on that song. A throaty Ja Rule. That's
1: what he does. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Uh,
4: and finally, Lawrence, a person was walking their dog last week and got startled by an alligator in the brush. And you're thinking like, oh, this must happen every day in the lawless swampland of Florida sure uh this was in new plymouth idaho oh yeah what yes a four foot alligator in the brush on the loose in new plymouth idaho i did not the see person i know that's why i just kind of set it up the way i did where i get you know you just you just assume it's going to be somewhere around tampa and idaho alligator uh clearly someone has released this clearly this was like a pet because Alligators don't live in Idaho, but uh the person who uh found came upon it with their dog captured it. And I I know a three and a half foot or a four foot alligator is not, you know, particularly like the scariest alligator. It's not a 12-footer, but I'm still not picking that thing up. I'm still not trying to wrangle that thing in any way. But this person captured it, put it in a horse trailer, and called the Department of Fish and Game. Idaho Fish and Game normally gets calls about moose, mountain lion. Black bear, things like that. Uh, This was a very unusual call for them. I wonder Um, if they were even prepared for it. Probably not. I mean, they like I told you, the guy who found it put it in a horse trailer. Now, here's the great, uh, I don't know if this alligator's name is Sophie, but we'll we'll say it is. Here's the great Sophie's choice of it for whoever (laughs) let this alligator loose or from whoever's house it escaped. Uh, Someone has to step forward and claim this alligator and risk the legal trouble that might come from illegally having an alligator in Idaho, or they're going to euthanize the alligator. Yeah. And it's not the alligator's fault. It's not, but do you love this alligator enough to do time for it? Probably not. Uh, you, I guess you wouldn't,
1: maybe you wouldn't do time. You probably get fined though. I know, but it sounded better to say do time. I
4: like that. You're right. Much funnier. Stepping on your bits. I went down this rabbit hole and found, like, there was an emotional support alligator. A guy in Philadelphia had an emotional support alligator. It was on a leash, and it had, like, the red vest and everything, and he was just, like, letting it play in a fountain, like, in downtown Philly.
1: Tony, as someone who was monitoring the exit rows.
4: (laughs) Yes, exit row captain. Are you going to
1: allow the emotional support alligator on your plane?
4: No, that doesn't qualify. They finally have cracked down on stuff like that. Cause I've seen some bizarre animals. I mean, you can see that they're dogs that aren't service dogs. Now. I've known people that I've known people that have done it. I've known people because it's, because it's a couple hundred bucks, I think to fly round trip with your dog. It's not cheap. It's basically like buying another ticket. And I know people who have said, I, yeah, I got my uh, doctor or whoever to sign off on this being a therapy dog. So that I just, just for travel.
1: Look, I'll say this. I'm, I've never been a pet person, but I do have some friends that have dogs and I will sometimes just go see those friends to hang out with the dog. So I get mm-hmm. the therapeutic aspect of dogs, mm-hmm. but people are so flagrant with that. Like, and then, then they'd be like, yeah, I got this. Uh, I got this emotional support cheetah. That yeah, I'm trying. Emotional I'm trying to support cockatoo
4: line.
1: like that. yo. Um,
4: not going to allow that, man. not going to allow it. It's crazy. That's the news. Thanks for being on, man. Appreciate having you. Appreciate having you bring, uh, you know, your your comic book sensibilities, your Russell Wilson takes your 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 expertise in dealing with Tony like you. you, It was great to have you back. Great. Now, can I go and like have dinner?
1: Because this has pretty much been my whole night. So, you, uh,
4: yes, you can. And we appreciate your professionalism of not having dinner on the show as has been a problem on this show in the past, eating a sub sandwich the size of a baby. Welcome back, Tone. Sports Adjacent is, as always, brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A, and you'll get $230 off their new mattress. It's applied automatically at checkout. Check it out, man. It's sustainable. It's eucalyptus. It's comfortable. It, I, I Mine is on the way, and I can't wait to sleep on it and give you guys a review of it. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A to get $230 off the mattress. Also, check out BetMGM. Go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app, and you can get this great offer with our promo code, Adjacent200. If you bet $10 on any NFL game, you win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in your game. Uh, they've got baseball, basketball, hockey, college football, everything you can bet on there, parlays, player props. Go to BetMGM. Use our promo code, adjacent 200 bet mgm the king of sports books tone how are you enjoying those sheets and giggles sheets buddy great man
3: life changers if you want to change your life if your life is not changed or you haven't changed your life ever mm-hmm. in any sense sheets and giggles <laughs> life changers
4: <laughs> tough. if your life has never changed in any way yeah yeah, I mean, they are life changing or, um, you know, just get married, too. That's another big life change you can do. Tom. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening
3: to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
1: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened. I was like, you know what, James?